Please stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Almighty and merciful Father, we have strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed what we have devised and desired in our hearts. We have offended you and sinned against your holy law. We have done those things that we should not have done, and we have not done those things that we should have done. Have mercy on us, Lord. Spare us, forgive us, and restore us according to your promises in Christ Jesus. Our gracious Father in heaven has been merciful to us. He sent his only Son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord.
be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you sent your one and only Son as the word of life for our eyes to see and our ears to hear. Help us believe what the scriptures proclaim about him and do the things that are pleasing in your sight. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Our first lesson for today, taken from Exodus chapter 19, serves as the basis for our sermon. On the first day of the third month after the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day, they came to the desert of Sinai. After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. The people all responded together, We will do everything the Lord has said. The word of the Lord. Our second lesson from 1 Peter chapter 2 The Lord reminds us that it is important to continue obeying him, and that is our privilege and our calling as his people. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, But now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. The word of the Lord. Continue with the duet. for truth who will show them the Sure. 
stand. In our gospel today from Matthew chapter 5, Jesus calls us salt and light and says, don't hide it. Be and live what God has called you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A tower built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands 
will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for our next hymn, 736.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word we consider in our sermon today, the first lesson from Exodus 19. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. With Valentine's Day coming up on Tuesday, a lot of people are hoping to get something special. Maybe some flowers or some candy, a note or a card, or even some jewelry perhaps. If the Lord were looking forward to receiving a special gift, something that that he would prize and treasure, what do you think he would look forward to? Well, he owns all the mines in the whole world, and all the depths of the earth are his, so there's no gem or jewel that doesn't already belong to him. He owns every acre of every farm and field, so he really has all the food and all the flowers that anyone could ever ask for. Children love to show each other a new Nerf gun or a new device that they just got. Adults might love to talk to each other about a new grill or a new outfit they just received. But what would make God call all of his friends over and say, you'll never believe what I just got? You know what it is? It's holy people. You think about it, that's what God said about Job. Have you considered my servant Job blameless and upright, fears God and shuns evil? Or Noah, at a time when every inclination of the human heart was only evil all the time, but Noah found favor in the Lord's eyes. He walked blamelessly and uprightly and faithfully with God. There at the foot of Mount Sinai, that's what the Lord was looking for in his people to holy people. Yet it was at the foot of another mountain in Galilee where the Lord truly finds holy people, those who listen in faith to his son Jesus. That's what he finds in you and me, too. We'll find that as we unfold this section of Scripture this morning, we'll come to discover that you are the Lord's precious treasure, treasured possession, carried on eagles' wings, and also carrying out priestly service. The Lord told Moses there at Mount Sinai, he said, go and tell the Israelites, you have seen what I did for you, with the people of Egypt. The people of Egypt, they had enslaved the Israelites, they had oppressed them, they tried to execute the Israelites' children. This was terrible for them. So the Lord stepped in, and the Lord sent the plagues on the Egyptians with a mighty arm, an outstretched hand. There's blood and frogs, gnats and flies, Boils and hail, locusts and darkness, the death of the livestock there, the death of the firstborn son of everyone in Egypt, except those who had the blood of the lamb painted on their doorframe. All of those plagues, by that time the Egyptians were ready. Israelites, get out of here. Take all of our gold, all of our riches. Go. The Lord led them out. 
The Lord did all that for them. And then he guided them through the wilderness in a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. When the Egyptians came out after the Israelites, Pharaoh's chariots thundering and descending on them, trapped between the Red Sea, the Lord rescued them, parted the water so the Israelites walked through on dry ground and drowned all of Pharaoh's armies behind them. And then on the way to Mount Sinai, the Lord provided manna for them to eat and he provided water for them to drink. He gave them a great, a great victory over the Amalekites as Aaron and Hur held up Moses' arms. All of that the Lord did for them. The Lord gives a picture for that. He says he carried them on eagles' wings. In spite of the Israelites groaning and complaining and wishing they had things better, the Lord carried them on eagles' wings. That's what we sang about in the first hymn this morning. What a beautiful picture it is of all that the Lord has done for us as well. Eagles are a symbol of strength. They care for and protect mightily their young, their babies. Eagles have a nest high up, far out of the reach of predators. Eagles will rustle over their nest and spread their wings over their young. They will swoop down swiftly on their prey and carry it back up and feed it to their little ones. And when those little ones have grown enough, ready to start flying, and they nudge them out of the nest, the eagle will swoop down and fly alongside the little one, there guarding, protecting, therefore that little one in anything. The Lord carried his people, the Israelites, on eagle's wings. And that's what he's done for you and me too. In spite of our grumbling and complaining, regardless of how often we've complained about how other people have it better than we do, no matter how many times we've been afraid and terrified in the past, the Lord has carried you and me on eagle's wings and we can look back at this point in our life and see just how powerfully he has done that for us. It's all his work. It's all his grace. It's all his doing. He will bring us to himself, just as he did for the Israelites. Because you are the Lord's treasured possession, whom he carries on eagles' wings. Also, to carry out priestly service. Now, could you imagine if you received some candy for Valentine's Day, and you popped the first piece of it in your mouth, and it tasted all rotten? Or if you got some jewelry and you accidentally bumped it on a table or on the wall and, and it cracked and broke because it was fake, just plastic. Or if you got a new outfit for Valentine's Day and, and there was a tear in it and it was discolored on one side. How would you feel about that? Well, well those gifts didn't do what they were supposed to do. They weren't what they were intended to be. They were not treasure. They were garbage. God wants his treasured possession to do what he intended it to do. And that's what he said to Moses to relay to the Israelites there at Mount Sinai. He said, 
if you obey me fully. The idea behind obey me fully there is to listen carefully, to pay close attention, to know exactly what God says in his word and what it means for you. After all, how can you obey or do something unless you know what it is you're supposed to do? And he also said they were to keep his covenant. That is, they were to carry out, they were to busy themselves with, they were to continue to do everything that God told them to do in his law. Obedience to God, he was serious about that. So when Moses took that back to the elders and to the people, they all agreed, we will do everything the Lord has told us to do. Moses took that back to the Israelites and they agreed, the Lord is serious about obedience with his people. This was a two-sided covenant, much like we have today in a cell phone bill or in a mortgage agreement. So the Israelites, God's people, were to listen to him carefully and to do everything he said. And if they did that, their side of the covenant, the Lord would call them his people. They could call on him. He would be their God and be there for them in everything. And they would have a permanent home there from the Lord. That was the arrangement. But if the Israelites didn't bother to listen to him, if the Israelites disobeyed him and didn't bother to obey him, then they would be disconnected from the Lord. They would be driven away from their land and exiled. They would find themselves in a dead zone. The Lord is still serious about our obedience too. That we listen to his word carefully. That we learn it. That we carry it out and follow his word. When it comes to our obedience, I tried my hardest, doesn't cut it. When it comes to our obedience of the Lord, oh, this is just the way I am and this is just how I act, is not an excuse. When it comes to our obedience with the Lord, well, bad habits are really hard to kick. We'll find ourselves kicked out of God's presence. When it comes to our obedience with the Lord, if we want to say, well, it's just so much more fun doing my own thing, yet in eternity, it will be terrifying. For those who dismiss obedience to the Lord, the Lord will spit them out like rotten candy, toss them in the garbage like a broken piece of plastic, and break up with them for the cheap way that they've treated him. Yet there... On that mountainside in Galilee, as Jesus taught his disciples, he said, Don't think that I came to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. Every last word, every last letter, every last expectation, Jesus carried out. When the Israelites were a disappointment to God, God said, This is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Jesus kept and carried out the covenant that you and I could never do. The Israelites may have had good intentions when they said, we will obey everything the Lord has said, but Jesus carried them out. He had follow through for you and for me and for all people in our place. Jesus 
in his high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, said, Father, for them I sanctify myself so that they may truly be sanctified, made holy. Jesus' holiness is ours. We are holy to the Lord. Jesus' obedience is ours. Jesus' new covenant is ours. The one-sided covenant. Jesus' body given for you. Jesus' blood shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your disobedience and all of your deaf ears forgiven in Christ. Because of Jesus, you truly are the Lord's treasured possession. Now do what he has made you to do. When it comes to Valentine's Day gifts, Sometimes it's even more meaningful to help someone than it is to buy something for them. Children, you can keep this in mind on Valentine's Day. Your mom might appreciate a couple extra chores done around the house or helping with the dishes. Or husbands, your wife might appreciate you making a meal for her. Or for some of us, maybe she would appreciate it more if you got takeout. Or, if you have an opportunity to take your special someone out on a date, do something with them. Go on a walk with them. Help them with something. Or do a special painting or a craft with them. Sometimes it means so much more what we do than what we buy for someone. And that's what the Lord says here. He says, you get to be priests. You're a kingdom of priests. And you get to carry out priestly service on my behalf. We might have thought that, well, priests, that started with Aaron. Aaron and his descendants, they were the priests in Israel, right? But no, right here at Mount Sinai, God said, you, all you people, my treasured possession, you will be a kingdom of priests for me. Priestly activity really started long before Aaron and his descendants. Back before the flood, Adam's family offered sacrifices of the flocks or from the fruits of their harvest in thanks to God. After the flood, Noah, Noah built an altar and he offered burnt offerings on it, something a priest would do. Or Abram, Abram as he traveled around wherever the Lord led, Abram built an altar and he called on the name of the Lord. Even though in the Old Testament there was a special role and a special place for Aaron's descendants as priests, God intended all of his people to be a kingdom of priests. In the New Testament, too, there's a special role for called workers, pastors, teachers, staff ministers, and other leaders to preach and teach and build God's people up for acts of service. But really, all believers are a royal priesthood, as Peter said in our second lesson. You're a kingdom of priests. That's you. Priests. Wear special clothing. That's what they did in the Old Testament. You too. You who have been baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. Washed with water through the word so that there's no spot, stain, wrinkle, or blemish anywhere on you. In Christ, through your baptism. Priests were able to access God, to go into God's presence. And that's what you can do too. You all have access to God by His Spirit. 
you can approach him boldly and confidently in prayer. That's another thing priests did. Their prayers rising as incense. You can approach God in prayer. Call on him day or night, anywhere you are. Pray for yourself. Pray for others around you. And the Lord hears those prayers. That's part of your priestly service. And the Lord takes those into account as he rules over all things for the good of his kingdom. Priests would offer sacrifices. And that's what you and I get to do too. We, in view of God's mercy, let our lives be living sacrifices. Not putting any animals to death. No, Jesus' sacrifice paid for sins once and for all. But now we are living sacrifices. Everything we do and say from day to day a sacrifice of thanks to our God. Priests would bring offerings to the Lord. As you and I bring offerings to the Lord or share with those who are in need, God calls that a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. Part of our priestly service is also when another Christian sins, that we go and confront them lovingly with God's law. And when they repent, that we have the joy of announcing forgiveness to them in the gospel, using the keys, part of our priestly service to the Lord. Whether you're recently baptized and just a baby, or whether you're in the 90-plus club of Christianity, you are part of God's holy priesthood, a kingdom of priests. Whether you're male or female, whether you're a student or working full-time or retired, as you go about your lives of holy service to the Lord, in thanks to Jesus Christ, that's your priestly service. Whether you're singing in a choir or acting in a play, whether you're learning in the classroom or helping mom and dad around at home, whether you're coaching sports or playing them, serving on a committee here at church, or talking to someone else about their Savior, You get to declare the marvelous deeds of our God who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. You are the Lord's treasured possession to carry on and carry out priestly service. Those Valentine's Day gifts, really what's most important is not what you get for someone or what someone gives to you. What's most important is not what you do for someone or what someone does for you. What's most important, really, is the people you love. That's what God says today, too. God created all the galaxies and all the stars. They belong to him. All the sunken treasure and all the boats at the bottom of the ocean, they're the Lord's. All the resources on all seven continents, they belong to the Lord, too. But out of all the earth that's his, he says, you. You, his people, are his treasured possession. And he proves it by carrying you on eagle's wings. He demonstrated it by sending Jesus to carry out obedience fully and perfectly in your place. And he shows it by using you as his priests. So serve him. Show your thanks to him. Show your love for him and those around you. Every day is an opportunity 
for you to show your love for the Lord. Amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank and praise you that you have treasured and valued us to make us God's treasured possession by your obedience, by your sacrifice on the cross, by your resurrection from the dead. Help us to rejoice in what you have called and made us. Please help us also to serve you and carry out priestly service every day in thanks to you. Jesus, you are the Lord of the church. Please bless the congregational meeting this morning as your spirit calls a new principle through us to serve us here at St. Paul's. In your grace, please continue to provide for your ministry here and all around the world. And Holy Spirit, we praise you for the washing of rebirth and renewal that you will grant to Chase David Horn later this morning. Please help him to grow as a child of God. Give his parents, Brett and Emily, wisdom and strength to raise their children in the training and instruction of the Lord. Please also bless the efforts of the sponsors, Matt and Taylor, to encourage Chase in the Lord and to pray for him as well. And hear us, Lord, as we pray in our Savior's name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. be seated for the distribution.